0: Delighted that you've joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that will give insights into the various aspects of our Lord's temporal ministry, from His teaching and miracles to His atoning death on the cross and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled No Condemnation. The text is Jeremiah chapter 50 and verse 20. In those days and in that time, saith the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for, and there shall be none, and the sins of Judah... And they shall not be found. For I will pardon them whom I reserve. A glorious word indeed. What a perfect pardon is here promised to the sinful nations of Israel and Judah. Sin is to be so removed that it shall not be found. So blotted out that there shall be none. Glory be unto the God of pardons. Satan seeks out sins wherewith to accuse us. Our enemies seek them that they may lay them to our charge and our own conscience seeks them even with a morbid eagerness. But when the Lord applies the precious blood of Jesus, we fear no form of search, for there shall be none. They shall not be found. The Lord hath caused the sins of his people to cease to be. He hath finished transgression and made an end of sin. The sacrifice of Jesus has cast our sins into the depths of the sea. This makes us dance for joy. The reason for the obliteration of sin lies in the fact that Jehovah himself pardons his chosen ones. His word of grace is not only royal, but divine. He speaks absolution, and we are absolved. He applies the atonement, and from that hour his people are beyond all fear of condemnation. Blessed be the name of the sin-annihilating God. Whoa! Master A.W. Tozer was one of the spiritual giants of the twentieth century, a self-made scholar with an insatiable hunger for the deep things of God. He was known to often burn the midnight oil in his study, seeking a more profound experience of his Lord and Savior. His book, The Pursuit of God, is the result of long meditation and much prayer. It is not a collection of sermons. It does not deal with the pulpit and the pew, but with the soul thirst for God. Some of the chapter titles include Apprehending God, The Gaze of the Soul, and Meekness and Rest. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer complete reprints of this timeless devotional help free of charge. For your copy of The Pursuit of God, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your free copy of The Pursuit of God we On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns brings the next portion of a two-part message called The Unknown Christ Revealing Himself at an Unknown Feast. John chapter 5 contains one of the greatest revelations of the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are three events in the chapter through which Christ revealed His glory. The first is His healings. His restoring the impotent man revealed His compassion, as well as His omniscience and omnipotence for only God could do what Christ did for that man. The second event involves the hatred of the Jews, provoked by Christ's healing on the Sabbath. These Pharisees were particularly incensed by Christ declaring himself as Lord of the Sabbath, signified by commanding the healed man to take up his bed and carry it away. The lesson here is that it is always lawful to obey the Lord's command, it was also a declaration of his equality with God the Father, further increasing the Jews' hatred. Now to continue this portion of the unknown Christ revealing himself at an unknown feast, here is Dr. Cairns.
1: Here, here's true depravity. If you'd gone to the Jews ask asked them, give us an illustration of depravity in Jerusalem that appointed you to somebody like the woman in John 8 who was an adulteress that's depravity, yeah but if you want to see real depravity if you want to see hell in all its subtle wickedness look at these Jews here is this walking miracle is there one moment of joy? is there one feeling of happiness? look at what has happened to this man is there the slightest sympathy? no, no do you not know that this is the Sabbath day? Do you not know that you're not allowed to carry burdens on the Sabbath day? They were partly right. Nehemiah had forbidden the carrying of burdens. He had legislated against it. But here's something I'll throw out to you in passing. Always be careful. Be very careful of establishing a doctrine from an illustration they could give the illustration and I have no doubt they had it in mind of Nehemiah Nehemiah was not addressing this situation Nehemiah was addressing a commercial situation people who were doing this because they wanted to trade on the Sabbath day but on the surface it looked like Nehemiah gives us this this is his illustration now let's put it into practice The disciples did the same thing on another occasion, if you remember. They said, Lord, Elijah called down fire on Mount Carmel. Hey, here are these Samaritans, and they're against you. Do you want us to call down fire on them? Seemed to them there was a direct parallel, but there was no direct parallel. Always be careful of establishing a doctrine based on an illustration. If you can't get it from the book, be very careful before you impose it on other people's conscience and this is what they were doing. they were saying it's not awful. So his answer was, well he who told me to rise made me whole he commanded me to do it. Do you know they couldn't even ask, well who did make you whole? you know it verse 12. What man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? They're still on to this business. You're breaking the Sabbath by walking with your mattress under your arm. They couldn't even say, who cured you? Who made you whole? They're not acknowledging that he's made whole at all. They're not even willing to acknowledge a miracle. Now listen, here are Jews who love their Sabbath traditions more than they love mercy and even more than they loved God himself. What a tragedy when men love their religion more than they love the Lord, more than they love the souls of men. It's very easy to get that way very easy to get that way they hated Christ and this was the beginning of a mighty drive that would end up with them putting him on the cross why he dared to heal a man on the Sabbath day as the Lord Jesus pointed out to them they could go and pull an ox out of the ditch on the Sabbath day why? oh well you see they would lose money if that ox lay there and died their ox was more important than the man they hated Christ because of the miracle that he did he provoked that hatred further look at verse 11 because of the authority that he claimed he that made me whole he said unto me take up thy bed and walk now notice that carefully Christ claimed complete obedience from those whom he delivered that's still true to this day This is the authority of Christ. When I make you whole, I claim your immediate entire obedience, no matter what the world may think or anybody else may say. That's what this man came very quickly to understand. He made me whole. He said, do it. That's authority. The Jews didn't like that. Unfortunately, there are some people who claim to be Christians, and they don't like it either. But when he saves, he not only commands obedience, but he gets obedience. And if he doesn't get obedience, there's no evidence that he's ever given salvation. But what really got the Jews going was that he claimed to be the true Lord of the Sabbath and that he could establish what was lawful in the Sabbath and what was not lawful. They had their traditions, but here comes the Lord Jesus Christ, and he does what he wants on the Sabbath. And he's saying this is what is lawful, as he later said that he was the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, as the Lord of the Sabbath, let's notice his criteria for what is lawful on the Sabbath day. Because I want to make it clear we are Presbyterian and we are Sabbatarian. This is the Christian Sabbath. I'm making that statement. I'm not going in to expound it in depth. If you want to read more fully or listen more fully to what I have to say on it, get it either in book or in tape on my dealing with the Fourth Commandment. But we are Sabbatarian. I believe that this is the Christian Sabbath. But what is lawful on the Sabbath day well, notice very carefully, it is lawful to do the command of Christ on the Sabbath day. He said unto me, take up your bed and walk. It is lawful to do the command of Christ on the Sabbath day. It is lawful to do the service of the Lord on the Sabbath day. The Lord Jesus himself made this argument. He said, uh, the priests and the Levites... They serve in the temple. The Sabbath day, in many ways, was the busiest day of the week for them. They serve on the Sabbath day, but they're not breaking the Sabbath, are they? The Jews felt the weight of that argument, you know. They detested him all the more when he made such an argument, because they're saying, my work, doing my command is precisely of the same kind as doing what God commanded directly from heaven as he set up the worship of the tabernacle and the temple. It's always good to do the service of the Lord. I want to emphasize that a little because, you know, I've run across, across Christians and they're busy six days a week. When they were poor and had just a nine to five job and they were struggling to meet their bills, I think they were a whole lot better off. But they began to make money. And now they had something to guard, so they had to work the harder to make more money. And so now, where is what people call quality time with my family? Well, if I'm busy running after things the other six days, the only day they have is the Lord's Day. And so, we'll go out to church on Sunday morning, but we're going to have quality time at home on Sunday evening. It's a strange quality to raise your children, to ignore The word and work of God and the house of God on the Sabbath day. That's a very strange way of calculating quality time. I know no better way of making them candidates for perdition. So they began to drop out. And they did drop out. You keep the Sabbath day by doing the work and service of the Saviour. That's his first criterion for Sabbath work second it is always lawful in the Sabbath day to walk in such a way that will be a testimony to Christ even though it raises the ire of other people walking with his mattress under his arm he was a walking testimony to Christ What a way to spend the Sabbath day. Now let me tell you, I realize that we're not all in the same situation, same circumstances, and we don't all have the same opportunities. But there are ways in which you can make your testimony tell for God. There are ways in which people who sit in the pew every Sabbath day and they say, well, I'm just a very ordinary person. I can't do this. I can't do that. There are a whole lot of things you can do that perhaps you haven't been doing maybe you're afraid to do maybe you haven't thought of doing them you will know that our hospitals and especially our old people's homes nursing homes are full of people who never have a visitor from one year's end to the next who can honestly say no man cares for my soul you could go you can spend an hour on a Sabbath afternoon you can bring a testimony I used to listen to my sister-in-law when she was up in Port Huron and she was able to do this they had a very very busy Lord's Day they were in the Salvation Army at that time It was a very, very busy Sunday. Started early and it finished late. She had a home to run, food to cook, a family to feed, four children to look after. But yet every Sunday afternoon, an hour, an hour and a half, she went to the nursing home, got to know some, but particularly one dear old saint nobody in the world but Sunday was like heaven on earth because one Christian had the heart to work for God and bear testimony it's not only in nursing homes we have people who work in prisons people who will go to where the need is That's always, whether it's the Sabbath day or any other day, that is always lawful to walk in testimony to Christ. It's clear from this, and this is the teaching of our confession of faith, and it's perfectly biblical, that works of necessity and mercy, works of necessity and mercy are lawful on the Sabbath day. Necessity demanded that the man should have his mattress. None of these highfalutin Pharisees was going home to lie on a dirt floor or a cold stone floor. They all had their mattress. It was also there for a work of mercy, and it is constantly the witness of the Word of God that works of necessity and mercy are lawful on the Sabbath day. This is the authority of the Savior, and he's the one with divine authority who's setting forth to the Pharisees and also to us how we should spend our Sabbath. Yes, it is a time of rest. Shabbat was a time of rest. It is to be a time of peace. It is to be a time of religious worship. It is a time to be Oh, for the gathering together of the family of God. Yes, it's all that. But it is a time for serving Christ, for walking with a testimony, and for doing works of necessity and mercy. Let us use the Sabbath well then with the authority of our Savior. He, of course, provoked the hatred of the Jews, not only by claiming the authority to lay down what was lawful in the Sabbath day, but by the equality that he claimed with God the Father. Verse 17 and 18, Jesus answered them, and if the Pharisees were steaming until now, they were steaming a whole lot more after this, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath but said also that God was his father making himself equal with God. The Lord Jesus is saying, My father works in mercy to needy souls and he does so even on the Sabbath day. What an insight this gives us into the unseen world. Jesus says, My father is working. You don't see it. You don't see it my father is working and he's working works of kindness and works of mercy as well as works of judgment which you'll find in other places but my father is working the finished work of God in creation is one thing he is it's not a constant creation but he is upholding all that he created And he's working in the affairs of this old world of ours. And he's working in the affairs of the lives of men and women. My father is working, even on the Sabbath day, the idea of the constant, unblinking work of God, as the psalmist tells us in the 121st Psalm, that he neither slumbers nor sleeps. There's no downtime with our God. There's no days off for our God. He is constantly working his will, and he's working for the good of his people.
0: Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. Founded by Dr. Alan Cairns, Let the Bible Speak is also heard in many parts of the world through the international radio outreach of Let the Bible Speak, produced in Northern Ireland. The Free Presbyterian Church stands without apology for the absolute inerrancy of the Bible, emphasizing preaching that centers on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is militant in its stand against the ecumenical apostasy and the efforts of the world to infiltrate the Church. For further information about the Free Presbyterian Church, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. Or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Also, we encourage you to visit the website of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America at www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak.